Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. This morning, our text of Scripture comes from 1 Corinthians 13. It's a text that is familiar to many of us. If you've attended very many weddings, you've certainly heard this text. This is the second part of the chapter, which often we don't pay much attention to. But it talks about the covenant, what it means to make promises and keep them. I invite you to listen for God's word. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will come to an end, and as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. And so, gracious God, we come before you as our anthem just beautifully declared, help us to be still, quiet within us any voice but your own, that we might recognize that you are the living God. For we pray in Christ's name, amen. The Reverend Lillian Daniel tells the story of waiting with a groom and the groomsman before a wedding ceremony at the church downstairs from the sanctuary in their congregation. The groom and the best man were recounting their childhood days spent in the church there in the Pilgrim Hall, they called it, their equivalent of a fellowship hall. They played at lock-ins and games, and they explored the secret passageways of the church. And the passageway that he was about to take was not just from Pilgrim Hall to the sanctuary, but from childhood to adulthood. I actually always love it when children in the church find this a second home, and they feel so comfortable here, they run around as if it is their home. But when the appointed hour finally arrived, the party made their way alongside the corridor where they had once played and up behind the organ and the back stairs and around some Christmas pageant scenery that was stored there. And there they stood behind this big, thick wooden door and peered out through this little peephole, a little curved glass eyeball to see the faces of the people in the pews. The groom noticed that the view through that little peephole was somewhat distorted. 
Straight angles were curved, familiar faces were blurry, and the world outside that door looked like a twisted wonderland. And it may be just as clear a view of the future that any of us can hope to get, writes the author Lillian Daniel. Now, I have stood on the other side of that door over there with many grooms, waiting for the rest of their life to begin. I remember my own wedding day and that sense of both excitement and complete anxiety, all wrapped into one moment. Some doors in life just have a way of increasing our anxiety as we approach them, and they close behind us, and forever our lives are changed when we walk through them. Rarely do we feel qualified to take that next step into our distorted vision of the future. The Apostle Paul writes to this young church in Corinth, for now we see in a mirror dimly. Looking through that peephole may be the clearest vision that we get of the future. Whether we're preparing to graduate from one school and applying to another or beginning a new job or preparing for our own marriage, or whether we're becoming a parent for the first time or starting a new relationship or about to retire or we've lost some of our health or we're beginning to live life alone again. Throughout our lives, we rarely get any more clarity on what to expect than a twisted wonderland. And I'm not sure we would actually be able to handle it if we knew what the future would hold. It can cause us no small amount of anxiety as we sometimes excitedly and sometimes reluctantly push through that door from our past to the future. So what threshold do you stand upon today? What door are you just about to push through into life and all you can make out is the blurry faces of the future. I'll bet whatever it is, you feel unqualified to take that next step. Now, unqualified is an interesting word. It has at least two meanings. The first and most obvious is that of being not qualified or fitted, not having the necessary qualifications, according to the Oxford English Dictionary. To use this definition, we can say that most of us feel unqualified to embrace the future that we see coming. But at least we're in good company because most of the biblical characters and certainly all of the, the prophets felt completely unqualified for their calling in life. So we're at least in good company. But the other definition for the word unqualified is what we mean in a sentence like, she saw an unqualified opportunity to pursue what she wanted. Or he gave his unqualified endorsement, meaning without restriction, no limit, no modification. Those are the very kinds of promises that brides and grooms make here in the sanctuary for better for worse for richer for poorer in sickness and in health 
till death do us part. Unqualified commitment. Those unqualified commitments are what hold our lives together as we look through a glass dimly. In other words, our promises have the power to set us on a path toward becoming what we intend in the future. Recently at a dinner conversation, a woman shared her experience of losing her first husband when he and she were both quite young and she had two children to raise. At the age of 49, her husband suddenly died of a heart attack And ironically, it was exactly the same age that her father died. Her mother had to carry on, despite the grief and the challenges of being a single parent, and now she found herself in the very same position. The grief was overwhelming, but she told herself every day, my children cannot afford to lose both parents. I have to get up, and I have to keep going. My mother did it, and so can I. So in her bedroom closet on the wall where she would see it every morning when she got dressed, she hung a sign that read simply, Hope. I can tell you we have a very similar sign in our bathroom. And it reads, Let your faith be bigger than your fear. Sometimes to enter that twisted wonderland of the future, we need to focus our attention on what is most basic and those basic commitments that secure our lives, faith, hope, and love. Connie would go on to raise those two children of hers and would later remarry. Her husband was seated next to her, and he was the one that told us about the sign. It was as if it was her secret way of embracing the future. The promises we make determine what that future will look like, even if it's only a promise we make to God about the kind of person we intend to be in the future. We may feel unqualified to face that future, We may feel unqualified to make those commitments. But that's what the covenant is about. And the Lord will strengthen us and help us to keep our commitments. It's not easy growing up. It's not easy facing the future. But we face the future better when we decide ahead of time where we stand and what we stand for. So life may unfold as a kind of twisted wonderland, but it's less twisted when we approach it with faith, hope, and love. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully. Now we see only a twisted wonderland, but then we will know. Now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. And the greatest of these is love. Barbara Brown Taylor writes about a summer when she spent 
three days on a barrier island with loggerhead turtles who were laying their eggs in the sand. One night while the tide went out, she watched this turtle heave herself up onto the beach to dig her nest and empty her nests, her eggs into that nest. It's an all-night process. The next morning, Barbara Brown Taylor returned to the place to see if she could spot the very location where those eggs lay hidden in the sand. But what she found were turtle tracks heading in the wrong direction. Instead of heading back into the sea, this huge turtle had wandered into the sand dunes, and those sand dunes were already as hot as asphalt in the morning sun. So following the tracks, she found the turtle exhausted, all but baked, her head and flippers caked with dried sand, So Taylor poured water on her and covered her with seaweed and then went to fetch a park ranger. That park ranger returned with his jeep to rescue her. He walked up, he turned the turtle on her back, wrapped tire chains around her front legs and hooked the chains to the trailer hitch on the jeep. And Barbara Brown Taylor watched horrified as he took off yanking this turtle and its body with its mouth filled with sand and its neck bent so far back it looked like it might break. And the ranger hauled her over the dunes and down to the beach, the turtle skidding along, sand flying everywhere. And then at the ocean's edge, he unhooked her and turned her right side up. And the turtle lay completely motionless in the surf as the water lapped at the right side of her body. Finally, it began to wash the sand from her eyes and made her skin shine again. And as the wave broke over her, she lifted her head slightly, moving her back legs. And other waves brought her further and further back to life until at last she pushed off and went back into the ocean. Watching her slowly swim away and remembering her nightmare ride through the dunes, Taylor reflected, it's sometimes hard to tell whether you're being killed or being saved by the hands that turn your life upside down. Through all the joys and especially the terrors of our lives, we believe God's hands have turned our lives upside down in order to save us. Sometimes it feels like a wild ride behind a trailer hitch through the sand dunes. But God's hands are upon us. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Thanks be to God. Amen.